everybody. Welcome to the Quest for Life podcast. I'm Dr. Ed Slover, and I'm fiercely passionate about helping people pull their ideal future into the present, whatever that means for them. In today's episode, we're going to explore the benefits of intermittent fasting and high-intensity interval training and how incorporating one or both can lead to unbelievable benefits in your health and fitness. So let's get started. First, a disclaimer. Be sure to consult your physician before starting any exercise or diet program. Additionally, the information referenced in today's podcast comes from a variety of credible sources, such as the National Institute of Health, the Department of Health and Human Services, the National Institute on Aging, and a variety of peer-reviewed journals, such as the New England Journal of Medicine, the British Journal of Sports Science, the Journal of the American Medical Association, and the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. So now that we got that mouthful out of the way, let's take a look first at intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating. Since 2019, intermittent fasting is the top dieting method searched on Google, and for good reason. It absolutely works. I'm not suggesting at all that other fitness programs or diets don't work. All I'm suggesting to you today is that intermittent fasting carries with it a whole host of benefits. So what is it? Well, intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating is a technique that involves meal cycles and schedules that limit calorie consumption to fixed windows, so windows in air quotes. And doing so allows for better regulation of blood sugar, uh, reduced production of insulin, and uh, increased levels of human uh, growth hormone production. Intermittent fasting, among its many benefits uh, related to fat loss, and we'll touch on that uh, here momentarily, uh, can slow aging. It helps uh, the body produce ketones, which encourages the production of youthful cells. Uh, There's a possible reversal of type 2 diabetes, increased mental concentration, better energy, uh, better memory, heart health. Um, It may prevent certain high-risk cancers. Uh, It improves gut health and it extends lifespan, maybe even by up to 83% over diets that don't involve fasting. And of course, fasting dates back to the Middle Ages. It was largely used for uh, religious reasons, but it's become much more popular in the mainstream in recent years. One of the other benefits that intermittent fasting uh, aids with is what's called autophagy. Auto means self, phagy means eats. So what autophagy does is basically it's the removal of dysfunctional cells. It promotes cellular repair and um, it helps remove debris. So the benefits of removing debris is that we also can remove toxins that um, actually may contribute to some neurological disorders such as Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, right? So it also provides more energy to the cells and there's a role with autophagy in preventing and or treating cancer. So you have this anti-aging slash anti-inflammatory benefit when you're in a fasted state, this process or this phenomenon known as autophagy. And so in a low insulin environment, we actually have lower oxidative stress, which is really pretty cool above and beyond the, the fact that it is a wonderful protocol for fat loss in addition to 
growth hormone production. So those are the two uh, areas that most people are interested. So let's take a look at that. The typical American over a 24 hour period is in a quote, air quote, fed state for 15 of 24 hours. And the thing you have to know right away is that fat loss cannot occur in a fed state. It cannot occur in the presence of insulin. So what the fast does is it gets us and keeps us into in a fasted state for an extended period, uh, thereby triggering uh, uh, fat burning, right? In addition to the fat burning component to it, uh, we have an increase in metabolism. Well, how does that work? Well, one of the primary ways we have an increase in metabolism is our pituitary gland in our brain releases growth hormone. Now, typically growth, home, growth hormone is secreted during sleep, um, but it also starts decreasing right around the age of 30. So you have this interesting combination of just this natural decline in human growth hormone production anyway, as a, as a byproduct of aging. In addition to, we live in a hurry up to sit, always busy, someplace else world, and we are constantly in a sleep debt, at least you know, as a general rule in our society. And so if we're in a sleep debt, our bodies actually produce less, uh, less growth hormone because the, the duration of our sleep and the quality of our sleep uh, has declined. Well, let's talk about some of the benefits of growth hormone and why we want to encourage uh, higher quality sleep in addition to possibly taking a look at incorporating intermittent fasting into our lives. So um, first benefit of human growth hormone it regulates body composition. Body composition is the ratio of lean body mass or muscle mass um, as a percentage of, you know, or as compared to body fat. You might have uh, heard something called body mass, mass index. That's, that's a, a different way to assess body composition as a ratio of height to weight. So we have, uh, you know, human growth hormone gets released. It creates a more favorable environment for the maintenance and or growth of muscle and the decrease of body fat. It can help boost our immunity and reduce inflammation. Certainly promotes a healthy metabolism, increased energy levels, increased bone density, increased skin elasticity, which ties to the anti-aging properties of human growth hormone, uh, enhanced mental clarity, uh, and uh, enhanced uh, outlook on life, certainly better sleep. And the number of neurotransmitters involved in memory, attention, and alertness actually increases whenever we have uh, more human growth hormone released. On the flip side, deficiencies in human growth hormone lead to increased body fat levels, lowered lean mass, decreased bone mass or bone density, um, and what fasting does is it actually stimulates human growth hormone secretion. So we know we have human growth hormone produ produced whenever we're asleep, but it being in a fasted state, we actually have this spike in, you know, of, of HGH or human growth hormone in the morning and then regular secretion throughout the day. So I mentioned earlier, fat loss can't occur in the presence of insulin. So if you think about the relationship between human growth hormone and insulin, it's almost like a seesaw on a playground, 
right? When one is elevated, the other is depressed, or, or if one is increased, the other is decreased. So in a fed state, insulin rises, human growth hormone production uh, dips. The converse is true too. In a fasted state, we actually have an increase in human growth hormone while uh, insulin uh, decreases. So in terms of protocol for intermittent fasting, the most popular is what's known as a 16-8. So basically what that is, is you would, would you know, schedule your day to have a 16-hour fast with an eight-hour uh, feeding window, more air quotes. So for example, I do a, I do a pretty close to a 16-8 fast um, you know, each and every day where my last, uh, my last meal comes in at right around 8 PM, maybe 9 PM, uh, you know, every evening. And the beauty of most of the fasted state is that, uh, I'm asleep. So I don't, I really don't have to think about it. Uh, and then I get up, I get into my day and I don't eat again until noon or one. And that opens that eight hour window, uh, throughout that period. And then I conclude at eight or nine in the evening. There are other, there are other variations of this protocol, like a 1410, where the feeding window is 10 hours. You're in a fasted state for 14, 1212 is fairly common. A lot of people just naturally live in a 1212, uh, fasted state. Uh, there's, um, certainly more extreme where you could do a 20 hour fast with a four hour feeding window that gets somewhat logistically challenging, trying to get all of that food that you need to maintain, uh, overall health, uh, in a, just a four hour window. And then one final, uh, protocol, which is called a five, two, where you would actually, uh, eat regularly for five consecutive days. And then uh, two days you would be in a quote fasted state, but you'd be consuming less than 600 calories each of those days. You can actually you know, you know, split up those fasted days too, uh, if you want. So the beauty of the fasted state from a fat loss standpoint, it first is the, uh, is the production of human growth hormone that increases metabolism. It promotes uh, the maintenance and or growth of lean muscle. And if you think about lean muscle being, um, being sort of the, the, the fire that helps burn calories, um, or the furnace, that's a better example of the furnace that burns calories. Uh, that's absolutely true. Um, what you get though, is that as you extend the fast fat loss actually, um, increases and increases mightily. So if you're on a 12, 12 protocol, when you go to a 13 hour fast, fat loss doubles. When you go from a 13 to a 14, it doubles. When you go from a 14 to 15 to 16, it doubles and doubles again. So from a, an aesthetic perspective an overall health perspective, from the reduction of visceral fat, that, that fat around our organs, it is unbelievable. Here is the caveat though. During your feeding window, you can't blow it. It's not, it's not a situation where you can be fasted for 16 hours and then in that eight hour window, just completely gorge yourself. That's just not how that's going to go. So consider that as we get ready to transition into high intensity interval training, consider that fat loss cannot occur in the presence of insulin. 
when insulin is blunted or when insulin is low, we have an increase in human growth hormone. We discussed all of the benefits of that. Before we move on, um, I, wanna, uh, I do want to touch on uh, several myths. The first is you can eat as much as you want. I just kind of touched on that. That is absolutely not true. Overeating is, is always counterproductive. Um, myth number two, fasting for weight loss is better than other diets. Not necessarily. You can absolutely get results on different protocols. So if intermittent fasting isn't for you and you can't weave it into your life or you find that you have some fatigue or you're hungry or you're irritable, maybe you're dehydrated, then try you know something else. Um, another myth, you're, you're going to lose weight no matter what. I mean, Fasting should be strict to be successful and beneficial, but it, it, it's a common misconception that it's the, it's the key to fat loss success. The reality is we need to eat balanced meals, nutritious meals, and we need to engage in regular physical activity, you know, whether it's something like high intensity interval training or even something you know, lower or moderate uh, intensity. And then one of the final myths is fasting is better than snacking for weight loss. It's certainly healthier and it's certainly more sustainable, but the reality is there's no single key uh, um, method to you know, lo long-term sustainable fat loss except uh, addressing calorie balance. So if you want to lose body fat, immaterial of the protocol, you need to make sure that you're in a calorie deficit uh, on average over a certain period of time. So with that, let's transition to high intensity interval training. And I incorporated this exercise protocol into this podcast at the request of one of my students. Uh, I was being asked about intermittent fasting, and then I was asked about my training protocol, and I was discussing the results that I, uh, that I have achieved incorporating both. And I'm 47 years old. I'm in single digit body fat, nothing special. I'm not taking you know, any... Uh, any hormone replacement therapy. It's I, I, I take a multivitamin every day and that's pretty much it. And I've gotten unbelievable results with this combination. I do want to preface this though. High intensity interval training is not for the faint of heart. If you have a bad back, if you have bad joints, if you have any other medical conditions, this is absolutely something you want to consult your physician on because it's not for the faint of heart. So what is it? High intensity interval training. It's also known as HIT. Um, it, it it's high intensity activity with bursts that um, require recovery to prepare the body for the next burst. So, for example, you would take twenty to thirty seconds. Some people uh, you, know, you take longer to do this, forty-five or even sixty seconds. But generally, twenty to thirty seconds of all-out intense physical activity followed by 90 seconds to two minutes of recovery to prepare the body to perform the next set or exercise. So for example, plyometrics, plyometrics are known as jump training. You may do 30 seconds or so of jump squats followed by two minutes of rest. And then you would repeat that for 10 or 20 or 30 minutes, depending on your tolerance level. Uh, if you're a runner, you may engage in sprinting. So 30 seconds of all-out sprinting followed by 90 uh, to 120 seconds of rest. And then you would repeat for uh, whatever duration you deem appropriate. Um, jumping jacks, 
45 seconds of fast jumping jacks followed by two minutes of rest. And then you might repeat for you know, 12 to 15 minutes. Well, what does rest consist of? Well, you want to have active rest ideally because that helps, uh, helps, helps lower your heart rate uh, before you get ready to engage in the next set or, or exercise. So walking certainly is good. You may you know, go for a light jog. Or you just might chill. I mean, you can just uh, you, you you can just hang out until that ninety seconds to two minutes um, goes by, and then you're you're prepared uh, for the next set. But be ready for an elevated heart rate. I mean, you're you're absolutely going to be taxing your body uh, and and stressing it uh, in, in a way that is so dramatically different than uh, just simply walking or you know, being on a stationary bike or something where you're engaging in low to moderate um, uh, intensity exercise. Um, but there's so many benefits to high intensity interval training. Uh, certainly it promotes heart health, uh, promotes blood flow, uh, it's, it, it, it saves time and there's no equipment needed. Uh, there's, you're only limited to your imagination in terms of variety. Um, it gives you greater endurance for everything else. Uh, it strengthens your lungs. It strengthens your heart. It in, uh, lowers your blood pressure. It benefits you from a fat burning perspective. More on that in a minute. Uh, there's evidence to suggest that it improves longevity in life. Uh, it enhances glucose regulation, so we actually burn carbohydrates more efficiently. And the tie-in to intermittent fasting, you have a massive increase in human growth horm hormone production. I mean, some studies suggest that it's in upwards of 450% above baseline. Other studies suggest that it is as much as 530% above baseline human growth hormone 530 percent production over baseline and we've already established when we discussed intermittent fasting that it increases fat burning and it kind of works like this you have fat cells and the fat cells have receptors for uh, for growth hormone on their surface and when growth hormone binds with those receptors it stimulates the breakdown of fat Right, so boosting human growth hormone uh, produces an afterburn, air quotes, an afterburn where you continue burning calories even after you stop exercising. Right, and this actually does not occur in low intensity exercise or training. So if you're going for a light walk, that's outstanding physical activity, but because it doesn't stress the, the, the body you don't get the afterburn effect. Another way of saying that is you don't get the incremental calorie burn or the calorie burn that's in addition to what you would burn anyway by doing low intensity exercise. Um, those calories that you would burn anyway, that's called our resting metabolic rate. So you actually see an increase in your resting metabolic rate by having engaged in high intensity interval training. So Additionally, high intensity interval training increases uh, your ability to, to, to do work just generally in life. So maybe you play, uh, you play basketball on the weekends or you do yard work because you've engaged in, 
in stressful activity and you've gotten your heart rate up and you've gotten blood flow, you actually, it makes just living life generally easier, provided that you, you, you don't put yourself at massive risk of injury. So let's talk about what high intensity interval training um, uh, helps us also overcome. Our bodies are really, really good at being efficient and adapting to whatever stimulus that we um, that we expose it to. So if you think about an Olympic sprinter or you're getting ready to watch a race, it's kind of interesting that all of the sprinters pretty much have the same body type. It's also kind of interesting when you watch the Boston Marathon or New York Marathon, all of the elite endurance athletes kind of have the same body type. And what that illustrates for us is that our bodies are incredibly adept at adapting to the stimulus that we expose it to. Not coincidentally, sprinting is high intensity interval training. So they, they're able to uh, maximize growth hormone benefit in addition to uh, in addition to fat loss, because they have increased calorie burn, even when their bodies get back to homeostasis, right? So they're incredibly lean. They're incredibly muscular. So more on that point here in just a second. For endurance athletes, well, there's very little need to carry extra weight in the form of lean muscle and or excess body fat. Now, one of the things to, to know is that provided that you have enough body fat to burn, right? And make no mistake, even the leanest people have hundreds of thousands of calories of of stored body fat. Um, HGH is not only triggered in a high intensity state, in addition to a fasted state, but it actually enhances our ability to work out, which some of you may be thinking, well, wait, no, no, no. That's not what all the fitness magazines say. What the fitness magazines say is after a really intense bout of exercise, we need to replete the stored energy, typically in the form of carbohydrate, and and because we've depleted it during the workout. Well, that actually isn't true. We, even though that's a popular narrative in fitness magazines, the the reality is they want to sell protein powder, right? Short-term fasting absolutely won't burn up muscle. It, it just won't. There's, and it won't do that because of the elevated uh, growth hormone, right? So the other thing to consider is, like, well, if I don't eat after I work out, then my body's going to go into starvation mode and it's going to consume itself, particularly all of this harder muscle that I've been working to build. And we need to understand the distinction that fasting isn't starvation. Fasting is controlling or restricting the calories to certain windows, right? Versus starvation is uncontrolled or involuntary periods with food. So you absolutely can train in in a fasted state and train intensely in a fasted state where the combination of high intensity interval training and intermittent fasting just blows your, blows the benefit out of the water. It's just incredibly unbelievable. Now, as I mentioned earlier, though, some of you may not want to engage in high intensity interval training because your, your, your bodies just don't tolerate it. Maybe you, you have a, a lingering injury or, or something that would prevent you from doing that. No problem. Maybe consider 
just doing intermittent fasting. Some some um, other uh, some others of you listening, pardon me. Some others of you listening may say, you know what, on the food side, I just want to I want to do my thing, but I, I'm I'm interested in trying this high intensity interval training piece to maximize uh, both fat loss and the benefits of increased human growth hormone. The reality is it doesn't, it doesn't much matter what protocol you use, whether it's intermittent fasting, high intensity interval training, or any of the 30,000 fad diets that are listed with the FDA, or you, you walk 10,000 steps. The reality is it's all about consistency. What I found personally is that intermittent fasting is, is absolutely livable, but we have to be cautious whenever we start we need to figure out what our bodies tolerate. So if you're a natural, uh, if you naturally uh, you know, eat in a 12-12 sort of fasted state, then maybe for a week you extend it to 13-11 and then see how you tolerate it. And if you tolerate that well, then you go to a 14-10. If you tolerate that well, then maybe you can extend it to a 15-9 to a 16-8 eventually. For high intensity interval training, you might not like the intensity around it. You might not um, you might not feel good after the fact, and that's okay. It's about the consistency of your physical activity that will ultimately lead to long term sustainable results. However, you do it, whatever the protocol, right? But what I can tell you from not only personal experience, in addition to uh, working with countless clients in a 16-year career in the commercial health and fitness industry, I can tell you that the combination of both leads to unbelievable health benefits in addition to unbelievable fitness benefits. Food for thought, fellow questers. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating. Consider writing a review. I'd certainly appreciate it. Don't hesitate to contact the show at thequestforlife.com. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, thank you for joining the conversation.